Good morning. It was a couple months back when uh, Marvin asked me to speak, and um, I thought he was crazy, but <laughs> um, after I got over that, um, what the Lord's put in my heart to share concerning missions, um, I hope it won't be mistaken for an anti-missions message, but really what my heart is, is for everybody to realize that they're part of missions, and I think many times we um, see missions as something that's artificially separated from who we are and what we do. And I want to kind of dispel some of that today. So if you would bear with me on all this. When we talk about missions, it is often implied that missions is separate and distinct, uh, that we dedicate specific times like these three Sundays separate times, take up separate offerings. It's conducted by separate people. We call them missionaries. And they have to have separate special abilities. And I just want to challenge some of those implications today and to say that other than geographics, there really is no separation and distinction And I want to start with a passage from Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4. It's pretty familiar to us. And it begins by talking about the fivefold ministry. We're familiar with that, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, and how God gave them to the church, right? And why? To prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. From him, the whole, that should say whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. We think about that passage which speaks of one body, You know, we're familiar with Paul's teaching that the church is a body. It has one head, who's Jesus Christ, and we are the body. It's interesting to note it doesn't talk about a lot of different bodies with a lot of different heads all across the earth, does it? All across town? Just one body. So all that is taking place in the body, as described here, is worldwide, the Church of Jesus Christ across the world. The body is not dismembered, broken into different parts. I think there's a passage, I don't know if it's in Joshua or Judges, where some guy's concubine is basically murdered, and you remember he cuts her up in pieces? You remember that wonderful passage? (laughs) Gory passage. (laughs) And he sends out the pieces to the tribes, right? Is that the way that the body of Christ is? You know, we got a piece in the United States, and we got a piece in Ethiopia. Nope. (laughs) The body is not dismembered. We're all together one. And the fivefold ministry, as it describes there, prepares us for works of service. And the works of service... What do they lead to? Growth, 
unity, maturing unto Christ-likeness, really. Isn't that what it's saying? So all these dynamics are occurring in the body, and the life of the body flows throughout the body. We've got several fitness guys in here, but have you ever seen folks that build up one part of their body real well, but the others maybe not so well? <laughs> well, that doesn't happen. Well, you would think of the church. Is a church stronger in some parts of the world than in others? Probably so. So what takes place? That strength, that growth, that life moves throughout the body through prayer and through missionaries, right? So isn't that beautiful so that the body doesn't get funny looking like physical bodies can? <laughs> the body of Christ, if we got a really strong church in South Korea, then through prayer and missions, that growth goes and spreads throughout the body. So what do we see in Ephesians 4? Basically, it describes the life of the body, body life. And missions is simply an overflow or an interflow of body life taking place. Does that make sense? Having established that missions isn't, is not separate and distinct from anything else that we do here as Christians, I want us to take a look at what we do as Christians here at SOMA. Let's look at our body. And for that, the next... This is kind of the title I've given this, SOMA Missions Ground Zero. And you might say, okay, Missions Ground Zero. No, that's what we do outside of SOMA. Well, that's kind of the point I'm trying to make today, that everything we do here at SOMA is inextricably connected to missions. Does that make any sense? <laughs> um, hopefully it will more by the end. I want us to uh, think about a metaphor that I came up with, and if it's not too hard for you, close your eyes and if you promise not to go to sleep. <laughs> okay, let's imagine this. There's a major war going on, and there's a medical clinic. It's for the wounded. The wounded represent the spiritual, spiritually lost and dying people. They lay wounded on the battlefield. They're casualties of a brutal combat in a fierce and merciless, all-encompassing war. Nobody can avoid it. Everybody's involved. The medical workers which is sort of appropriate since we have so many healthcare workers in SOMA, they've got two duties. Number one, identification and transport of the wounded to the life-saving clinic where they can receive physical care, which represents salvation, discipleship, counsel, and deliverance. And the second duty, caregivers for the sick and the wounded, spiritually, who are brought to the clinic bandaging, medicating at times, operating with life-saving surgical procedures and nursing back to health. Still with eyes closed, if you imagine that there's a crisis at the clinic, 
and it's not functioning as it should. Most of the workers are either disgruntled, they're refusing to perform their assigned duties, they're preoccupied with their own pursuits as they ignore the wounded and dying who surround them. Most workers refuse to seek out the wounded to bring them to the clinic, and the vast majority of the clinic workers seemingly ignore the sick and let them weaken and die. Some of the clinic workers who used to come by the clinic regularly now hardly come by. You can open your eyes. I don't know if that's a little bit exaggerated, but I think spiritually speaking, it might bear some truth to us as a body. So we're looking at Soma Missions Ground Zero. And really, we're challenging ourselves as a body. I want us to remember that people don't wear a sign that tells about their problems and their needs. They wear makeup and nice clothes. I want to look at the next point, and I've called it from 80 to 20, and it relates to something that Tony shared a while back about the 80... 20 principle, 20% of the people do 80% of the work, giving, praying, bearing of the load. And I'd have to confess that if I look back on my life, I've been in the 80% a lot more than the 20%. I want us to consider a couple of questions. First, Ask yourself, am I in the 20% or the 80%? It's a good question to ask yourself again and again because you realize we can drift from the 20% back to the 80% without hardly noticing it. Number two, are we asking this question about the local congregation or the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God on earth? Well, the answer to that question is both, because you've got to connect somewhere, and if this is the place where God has planted you, then whether you're 20% here at Soma, then you're 20% in the kingdom. If you're fully engaged here at Soma, you're fully engaged in the kingdom. So that's kind of an easy question. The third one is, if I find myself in the 80%, How can I move from 80 to 20? I guess to answer that, I just want to clarify a little bit more and say that this whole 80-20 thing that we've been talking about is not a works issue. It's not a competition thing. It's a heart issue. I think people become part of the 20% according to their hearts. It's also an ownership issue. Is Soma my church or their church? We've been talking about moving. Is that whole issue, what are they going to do or what are we going to do? 
If your heart is right and you've settled the issue of ownership, you're probably in the 20%. So it's nothing to be condemned about, just a realization. Yeah, my heart is there. I want to be fully engaged and fully involved in every way I can. I was thinking what would happen if I asked for the 20% to stand up. (laughs) But I thought that might be counterproductive. We'll start thinking, what are they going to think if they see me? And Anyway, it gets kind of complicated. The third point I want us to look at, I call it uh, rag Christianity, just simply for real, authentic, and genuine Christianity. If you want to change that, you can make it Arg Christianity. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> when we think about missions, we often think about mission trips, missionaries, and mission offerings. Is that what missions is? In a sense, yes, but it's very incomplete. Those are really the trappings of missions. Mormonism has been in the news lately. And they have mission trips, missionaries, and mission offerings. In fact, when a child is born, they begin raising funds for the mission that that young person will conduct after high school, right? They're pretty serious about it. But it's not the same as missions that we're talking about or Christian missions. The essence of missions is Christian living and Christian life. You know, the kind that we're practicing. That's why I call it Soma Missions Ground Zero. What we practice here, what we model here, what we see our leaders modeling for us and teaching to us, that is Christianity, and that is the basis for missions, right? If we don't have that, missions is pointless. What do we have to give? It's not an issue of competition, ranking, a minimum standard, an application process. It comes down to that one question, real, authentic, and genuine Christianity. And the question is, are you a pretender? Speaking of a double life, secret sins, open hypocrisy, or are you a participant in real, authentic, and genuine Christianity? And I believe most people here are. I was thinking, what gives Tony and Melissa the ability and the authority to counsel couples who have marital problems? Their own solid marriage, right? If they were having marital problems and had a terrible marriage, they'd have no business doing that. What gives us the authority and the ability to go around the world and share the gospel? To do mission works, it's our relationship with Jesus Christ, His reality in our lives, our walk with Him. You can't give what you don't have. And in missions, what you're giving is Jesus and His abundant way of life. So you have to have it in order to give it. 
So just to clarify, do only perfect people do missions? Well, if so, I guess all the imperfect people are dismissed and nobody be here, right? You know, we could all feel disqualified. But the point I want to make, moving on to the next one, is that there's no separation, there's no chasm, there's no divide between individual and corporate Christian life, like we do here, practice here, taught here, modeled here, and missions. In fact, this is the basis for any missions taking place. What you are here is what you are there, wherever in the world. If you have something to give here, then you have something to give there. If you're seeking and growing, walking with the Lord, responding to His dealings, and you've got something to minister there. If you serve kids here, you can serve kids there. The second point, missions, life, and living is a seamless expression of your walk with God. As you walk with God, that leads to missions, missions responses, wanting to support what God is doing in other parts of the world. It's, it's related to it. It's closely tied to it. And the third point is that your spiritual identity, which is who you are in Christ, transcends Culture, language, and I wanted to add borders. Culture, language, and borders. If you're here today and you realize I came on a mission Sunday, it would be easy to say, You know, I really don't have much extra money to give. My life is too busy to go. Maybe I've got small kids, makes it impossible. Maybe it's just not a reality. Maybe you got a little money to give, but you made a commitment to Exodus, our move. You know, whatever it would be, it would be easy to say, so I guess none of this applies to me. But really, my whole message is that that is wrong, wrong thinking. Everything we do and everything we are here is related to missions. I want us to look real quickly at a passage in um, Acts 13. I just felt led to share. Acts 13. One to three. In the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them 
and sent them off. Why did I share that passage? Because Erica came out of a church called Antioch. (laughs) My daughter now attends a branch of that church in Norman, Oklahoma. But um, my point is this. Do you think Paul and Barnabas would have been sent out, set apart by a weak church with lots of problems, wasn't functioning in true Christian living? Missions, things happen. Missions happens where God is moving in His church. It's part of His body. We started with Ephesians chapter 4, and the way that body works it just automatically results in missions. I want us to look on the next slide, which is a little bit cryptic. <laughs> what does this mean? Anybody want to guess? <laughs> missions is all about being fully engaged. As each of us is fully engaged, as we are 20% as we are involved in the medical clinic we've talked about, all these things we've been discussing, as you are fully engaged, that is what leads to missions. Does that make sense? And the second one, actually mess this up, and I like the equal sign if it had a greater than sign after it, that would make it into an arrow right? And full engagement at home, F-E-H, here's SOMA, Missions Ground Zero. What does that do? It prepares, it provides, and it paves the way for full engagement in missions. Does that make any sense? You're never going to have people like Erica coming out of weak churches are you? Where does missions come from? It comes from people growing and learning to love the Lord and their walk with Him, being taught and fed, helped through their problems and their baggage, growing up and in the Lord. And as they are fully engaged at home, it leads directly to full engagement in missions Maybe not by them or certain individuals. It's just going to come out at some point. It's a natural response of the body. And the third one, as a result of all that, full engagement at home, yeah, this probably didn't work, should have like an equal sign with arrows on either side. <laughs> okay, does that make any sense? So that they're both connected to each other. You can't separate them. In other words, full engagement at home leads directly to full engagement missions and vice versa, back and forth. And that's because we are a body, one body, and the life flows throughout the body. Life is almost synonymous with full engagement. So does that mean that we can just forget about missions? Is that what my message was today? I hope not. Greatly understood, un- misunderstood if it was, but 
Full engagement at home ensures or guarantees that we'll never forget about missions, that it's a part of who we are, that it's, you know, even though we may have separate Sundays dedicated to it, every Sunday is related to missions. It's a part of us. It's in our blood, our DNA. It's who we are. And it, the geographical thing just doesn't make a difference to us. A healthy, flourishing, and fruitful body will always, by its very nature, be fully engaged in missions. Does that make sense? If you had an apple tree, it's, you're not going to have to coach it, shout at it to produce apples. They're just going to come out. And that's a part of who we are. Another metaphor is just, it's like a reflex action for us. Reflexes happen without any training. In fact, you'd have to work real hard to keep a reflex from happening. Missions for us is like a reflex. I want us to close in prayer.